You're listening to Cybersecurity Careers Blog Podcast, hosted by Rob Waters. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Rob Waters. I am the founder and host of the Cybersecurity Careers Blog website and podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining with us today. It's been a couple weeks since our first podcast. Uh, we got some good reception from our first podcast. Want to make sure that all future podcasts are going to be of interest to you all. Uh, so keep sending out your feedback and suggestions and comments. What's good? What's bad? Uh, what do you want to hear? What can we do that would just make you want to send this to your friends or colleagues? Uh, want to make this as useful as possible to the community. Looking at today's headlines, so there's a few things that have dropped in major news. So first of all, I want to just say that I think everyone can relate to this. LinkedIn has announced that they're taking measures to stop fake profiles and kind of cut down on some of the cyber threat uh, issues that have plagued kind of their platform for years now. I think we all probably have gotten some kind of shady message from someone that claims they're a recruiter or something like that. And, uh, you know, could be really someone from overseas uh, that's trying to maybe, you know, do some kind of interview. They usually want to reach out, ask you some questions about what are you currently working on? Just real kind of shady things, right? Um, and then it kind of turns into like, would well, you know, they kind of masquerade this as like, well, would this be based on our conversation, a good fit for you at, at our company. And what they're really trying to do is really just kind of open source intelligence and kind of human intelligence. Um, so for those not familiar with those terms, it's pretty much just reaching out into publicly available and accessible information. Uh, they're trying to see who works at what company, what is their background, what are they, you know, are they accidentally slipping and, you know, saying that they work on top secret projects or something like that. I mean, we, we really shouldn't be putting that kind of information just in public forums like that, especially on LinkedIn. Um, but plenty of people do it. And then the other thing that people do is, you know, they might allude to certain kind of specific skill sets that are highly in demand. Uh, especially if you're working for a specific type of company. And so you get these people that are from overseas that will kind of message you and say, hey, we want to have a quick conversation. We want to talk to you about some of the projects you've been working on um, and just kind of get your experience at this company and what it's like. And they kind of masquerade it again as having some kind of job offer that they're willing to give you. Um, but the problem with that is that what they're really trying to do is get any kind of proprietary information out of you and then maybe set you up as some kind of source. Um, and sometimes they even, you know, will say that they're willing to pay you for your time, you know, things like that. Um, just definitely shady, not normal. Um, and so, you know, this is just a couple examples, right, of things that we've seen on LinkedIn that have really just kind of been problems and problematic, I should say. So what LinkedIn is trying to do is, and it's kind of to be determined how well this is really gonna roll out um, my, the, the, this, you know, me being a little bit cynical about this, I think that, uh, you know, these people are just going to kind of adapt to whatever these new measures are for safety and control, and they're just going to find new ways. But in the meantime, uh, what LinkedIn has shown is that they're going to do basically a, an, an about this profile section, which is going to show new verified info on the account. 
such as your phone number, your work email, and the date of the profile creation. So if someone is kind of um, trying to reach out to you and kind of use you as some sort of source or informant, uh, or if they're just trying to actually poach you away and then have you work on something that um, you know they say is really for you know innocent type of uh, customer use or something like that, and then you were to actually accept the job, and then you find out that actually no, it's not really innocent type of work. It's actually you know against another foreign government or something. Uh, and believe me, these stories are real and they exist. Um, you know, these these are the ways that LinkedIn is hoping that they can cut that down. So if someone is reaching out to you and their profile was just created maybe uh, a week ago, a month ago, even a year ago, it's probably going to look a little suspicious. And that's probably reason to kind of give it some pause. Um, so it kind of forces these kind of nefarious actors to have uh, a long game, right? Um, now, the other thing that I think that, you know, again, me just being cynical about this, I think what this is also going to do is kind of set up some kind of dark market for LinkedIn accounts. Um, I could easily see people that uh, have accounts that are several years old uh, or already have established, you know, numerous uh, connections. I could see that easily being targeted um, for being hijacked and then sold on the, on the, on the, you know, on the basically the underground or dark market, if whatever we want to call this, right? Uh, where, you know, these kind of threat actors could then basically pay their way into uh, legitimate or formerly legitimate accounts and then kind of, um, you know, maybe totally change the name, profile, whatever. Um, and now they're, you know, posing as somebody else. So just kind of interesting, but I'm just kind of throwing it out there as how um, I don't quite see this as the silver bullet, and I don't think that there's ever really going to be for social uh, networking, for these platforms to really kind of stop fraud, stop abuse. I think as long as these platforms exist, there's going to be issues. Um, but it's at least good to see that LinkedIn acknowledges that there are problems plaguing the platform and they're taking some corrective action. Some of the other things that they do is that they're proposing rather is that if people are chatting you and say, you know, hey, um, I want to talk to you further about this, um, but let's take this conversation off to WeChat or WhatsApp or some other kind of platform. Um, LinkedIn will now through machine learning actually detect that um, and then recommend and warn you to say, hey, do you want to report this conversation and furthermore this profile? that's reaching out to you, or do you actually trust this person and you're just gonna kind of override that warning and then just mark the content as safe. So interesting to see that happen. Uh, if you're interested in that story, check out our blog, cybercareers.blog. Uh, you'll see it on the front page uh, and you can further read into that. The next story that I wanna talk through is just the staggering amount of ransomware that has been now reported within the past year. So this uh, broke headlines the other day, US financial banks are reporting over 1 billion. I've even seen uh, some outlets publish numbers as 1.2 billion uh, in ransomware payments that were made in 2021. Now that's a staggering amount of money. It's also double what was paid in 2020. Uh, so 
it sets kind of a, a dangerous omen for what I think is going to be even larger number in 2022. Uh, you know, cryptocurrency is frequently used as the outlet to be uh, having these ransoms paid, even though crypto has taken a huge dive across the market. Uh, and there's been kind of conflicting uh, reports about whether ransomware attacks are truly going down um, as the frequency or I, I should say as cryptocurrency prices have you know really been on a on a downward trend for most of 2022 along with the rest of the market um, but uh, you know it, it's it's nonetheless a staggering amount of money um, so what's interesting is that the this initial report came out of CNN um, all five hacking tools that were used in the majority of the ransomware payments uh, were connected to Russian hackers as reported by CNN. So, I, you know, again, it, it really kind of shows that Russia is continuing to be kind of um, both on the battleground uh, in kinetic warfare, as well as, you know, the cyber domain. They're, they're absolutely continuing to, um, you know, not really care what anyone else amongst the world thinks of them. Uh, they're, they're certainly not afraid of any uh, White House administration, whether that's you know conservative or Republican or uh, Democrat or liberal, it, it really doesn't matter what the political affiliation is. Um, you know, you look back to the Obama administration as well, uh, with um, even the Chinese, and although that's a different topic, um, you know, when 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 essentially the Obama administration hailed as a victory that uh, the Chinese government was going to um, you know, not target the United States as much in cyber attacks. Uh, clearly, that just really led them to, you know, use other tactics um, and kind of deny attribution as much as possible. So, I mean, look, these nation state hackers, whether it's, again, the Russians, the Chinese or somebody else, um, these guys aren't stupid. They're, they're clearly uh, doing this to um, profit for themselves. Uh, whether these are cyber criminal games uh, or gangs, rather, or to actually fund and prop up the government. Uh, we've seen that as well with the North Korean um, regime with uh, really ransomware attacks and kind of different um, stealing of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies across different exchanges that is literally funding the North Korean government. So, um is this going to continue? Absolutely. Is it going to get even more expensive? Absolutely. Um, we've also seen kind of a tightening in cyber insurance policies as well. Um, so you can read that as well on our blog, cybercareers.blog, um, where basically cyber insurance companies are saying, hey, you know, several years ago, we really kind of didn't know what we didn't know in terms of how to actually scope policies and insure these companies. Um, but now that, you know, we're continuing to get hammered by these ransomware attacks and so on, um, you know, we're kind of smarter and we need to adjust the policies about what will and will not be covered. Um, so it's, it's really quite interesting. It's also much more intensive. The, you know, they're, they're forcing companies to perform, you know, recent audits and thorough audits um, about what devices are actually on their corporate networks, what is their you know extended network or cloud presence look like? These are all questions and things that they had to do um, that they have to do rather today to get proper cyber insurance, but did not have to do uh, even just a few years ago. So it's it's quite interesting. Um, again, those stories are are available on our blog.
taking a look at some other issues, um, Twitter, don't have to say much about Twitter. I think everyone who has not been living under a rock understands that it's been an absolute uh, mess since Elon Musk formally closed um, ownership of Twitter not even a week ago. Uh, so that was last Friday. And it's now Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. And, um, you know, tomorrow would, uh, would um, actually mark the week. And yet it's just been been a mess. Um, the biggest story that really has been kind of coming out of this is, and there's been much debate uh, both for and against, uh, mostly against, I would say, is that Elon Musk is proposing kind of completely revamping Twitter Blue and making basically verified service uh, or verified account status to be a pay for play. Uh, so basically it'd be $8 a month is what he's advertising. Uh, initially, I think he was even kind of throwing around $20 a month. Um, that quickly got kind of shot down real quick. And now he kind of adjusted and is saying $8 a month. There's been plenty of memes and um, back and forth dialogue between him and like AOC, other celebrities. Um, you're even seeing people that are saying, you know, prominent prominent Twitter users saying, you know, we're, we're going to leave the platform. We're going to go on other platforms like Mastodon or something else. Um, and I, I don't know. It, it really is going to be interesting to see what happens here because there really has not been a mass exodus, at least that um, anybody has reported yet on Twitter. Um, but it's also been just under a week. So uh, time will tell whether people are going to stay and pay or if they're going to bid Twitter adieu. And this will you know, be another social network that we're kind of going to joke about, like similar to MySpace or Friendster or something like that in years to come. I, I, I don't know. This could be the beginning of the end or this could be the beginning of something con completely different. Um, he's even, you know, Elon Musk has even talked about bringing back Vine um, to, to compete with TikTok, which I think would be actually really interesting. Uh, you know, Vine was definitely kind of ahead of its time for several things. Um, really would have been interesting to see if Vine had stuck around. Um, would TikTok be what it is today? I don't know really hard to say but the 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 main concern with the verification is that uh, amidst all this chaos and confusion is that there have been you know of course cyber criminals are jumping to the uh to to the occasion to go out and send fake or uh, fake spam and phishing emails that basically says you know hey i'm twitter services don't lose your free verified status um you know the verification badge will be $19.99 per month for some users after November 2nd, 2022, et cetera, et cetera. And basically asks you to go and click a button and then fill out a form, which just so happens to be hosted on a web hosting provider that's located in Russia. And, um, you know, basically that would be their way of phishing your credentials. Now, the interesting thing is that even amongst cybersecurity professionals and journalists that are tech savvy, um, I saw plenty of tweets from from them that had said, you know, hey, I almost fell for this. I, I it looks legitimate, um, and it's you know very well kind of um, doesn't have the hallmark of some of those terrible phishing emails that we see. Uh, so you know, it's 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 really interesting that um, this kind of plagued the platform as bad as it did. Uh, it seems to kind of have caught down now that once word had really gotten out that not only is this uh, not legitimate, but 
that, you know, again, the, the phishing email states that the verification badge will be $19.99 per month. And I think most tech savvy people by now that use the platform understand that, you know, no, it's not going to actually cost that much money. Uh, it's more like $8 a month. Um, that said, there's got to be countless people that are not routinely on Twitter that have verified status that would get this email. I absolutely guarantee somebody or plenty of people rather have used that phishing link. So interesting to see what happens. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's become kind of a, you know, another example of how misinformation can first of all, go viral, spread like wildfire, and then cause havoc. Um, interestingly, you know, I kept waiting to see some kind of official statement or official kind of notice that would pop up on the Twitter app or really anywhere um, that would kind of prove that that is not a legitimate uh, source email or anything of that nature. And, you know, to basically be on guard or something like that um, for any kind of um, phishing attacks or phishing attempts. Uh, or even just saying like, hey, we're, we're totally reworking Twitter blue and Twitter verification kind of, you know, standby or, you know, until at least a few more days or a week or some kind of set date that they were going to go ahead and communicate. Never saw anything. Um, so it just kind of goes to show that despite Elon Musk saying that there's, you know, Twitter is not going to be some kind of hellscape platform under him. Um, I don't know. It's been pretty chaotic since. So uh we'll we'll stand by and see what happens jumping to our final topic of today wanted to go ahead and let everyone know that there's a new tool that i highlighted on our blog uh, this is free open source uh, you know not being paid or compensated in any way to promote this just thought it was an, honestly a, a legitimately really cool tool that i think plenty of people need to both have in their toolkit so to speak and, and use whenever possible. Uh, it's called Secret Scanner, and it basically scans AWS S3 buckets for any kind of secrets. Um, so that could be anything that um, could be considered textual or sensitive files. It could be like a PGP file, a P12 file, um, could be, um, you know, basically an, an authentication key, valid credentials, an access token or API key. Um, these are things that people legitimately leave in buckets all the time and they don't do it on purpose. It just happens. And, you know, even even experienced cloud or information security uh, professionals are, are going to make this mistake where, you know, they keep these these things in a, in a publicly accessible bucket that, um, you know, so that means Internet facing bucket that could definitely cause some havoc if you're in an actual enterprise or customer environment where you know access to that information could equal a very bad day uh could be a full full network compromise depending on you know what what it is that they're able to get into and use those credentials or api keys for so definitely check it out cybercareers.blog uh, we'll have the write-up and the link to the github repo that's gonna do it for today. We wanted to keep today's episode short and sweet and just kind of condense some of the uh, news headlines of recent days. We'll go ahead and come back with a third episode shortly and we'll feature some 
uh, special content basically on cybersecurity professional career growth, um, how to find a cybersecurity mentor, how to boost your cybersecurity credentials, and we'll get into a little bit of different career choices that you can make to work in cybersecurity. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening. Please be sure to like and subscribe and share this podcast to your favorite social media platforms. Catch all the latest cybersecurity news and career advice on cybercareers.blog.